0: Welcome to the You're Worth It podcast with Coach Hakim. Career conversations with leaders you need to know. Welcome to the You're Worth It podcast with Coach Hakim. I'm Coach Hakim, and I'd like to introduce you today to Dave Capon. So Dave is a recruiter that has a unique ability to focus on what matters most and deliver on those expectations. He has a wealth of experience in different industries and partners he's been able to work with. He brings a curiosity to each of the positions he has, and he has that Mamba mentality that you want in all of the positions that we're thinking about from a recruiter. So take a listen to today's episode. Get to meet my friend, Dave Capon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the "You're Worth It" podcast with Coach Hakeem. I'm Coach Hakeem, and my guest today is Dave Capon. Dave, welcome.
1: Hakeem, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it.
0: I'm glad you said yes. So, Dave and I have had a chance to work with one another. We we both love the sport of basketball, and. Uh, we both enjoy we, we sit on a we used to sit together on a basketball board and we both have coached basketball. And, and I think we both have realized while we love the sport and we believe it's definitely a form of giving back that we're also highly competitive. So, um, so I've had a chance. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so I've had a chance to get to know Dave here for the past couple of years, and I really appreciate it. So thank you for for joining us
1: today. Absolutely. Appreciate it.
0: Well, I've had a chance, an opportunity to get to know you for those listening or those watching online. Maybe you can just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, happy to. So I'm married. I got two kids, uh, 10 and eight They keep us plenty busy. Uh, we live in the, the West Metro, the West suburbs of the Minneapolis area and, and love it out here. Um, as you mentioned, basketball is definitely a, a passion area for myself, but you know, I'm kind of kind of a sports guy in general, kind of a sports household. Um, my, my daughter's getting into theater a little bit. So that's a new uh, that's muscle great. that we're starting to learn how to flex and that's fun too. But I, I just think there's so many great opportunities for life lessons and parenting through sports. You know, you just have a lot of interesting things that happen in sports and activities. Absolutely. And so that on the personal side, that's a little bit about me and, and what we get into on a kind of a daily basis. And on the pres- professional side of things, you know, I've been in uh, in talent recruitment for about 16 years. I started on the agency side. It's kind of a funny story. So I had just graduated from college. I went to St. Scholastica and, and played basketball there and was trying to find my first job out of college and it was, was struggling what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so I had a friend of mine who said, you know, hey, if you're just looking for work while well, you've you know, try to find a real job, go talk to this guy. You can work at this warehouse, you know, for however long you need to type of thing. And so I had to go to this staffing agency to, to get hired essentially, or to go work at this warehouse job. And, you know, met the individual, his name was Josh Barsness, met the individual and he, he put me out to work at this warehouse. And I got to know him pretty quickly, just through some dialogues, just some phone calls. And after a, a week or two of working at this, warehouse facility, he said, Dave, have you ever thought about being a recruiter? And I really didn't know what that meant. I think most people that get into talent acquisition, they never really think about, hey, I want to be a recruiter one day. But that's that's kind of my story of how I fell into it. And so I worked on the agency side for eight, nine years at the, the first half of my career. And now I've been on the, the in-house side for the past seven, eight. Uh, most recently, Spent almost six years with U.S. Bank. Uh, had a great experience there, and from there, uh, I do have a bit of a passion, you could say, in the crypto Web three world. Okay. And so I was able to go work at Coinbase. Uh, they're one of the big players in the crypto space, wow. and that was uh, just an awesome experience. Uh, would certainly don't regret taking a chance to to go work there. Learned a lot. Unfortunately, the macroeconomics have changed a lot over the past. You know, little, little over the year, year, year and a half, and mm-hmm. um, so I was, I was laid off uh, from Coinbase about this time last year. Uh, the job market was fantastic still at that point, so I was able to transition really quickly. Had a bunch of opportunities. I ended up going to work in the semiconductor industry with Micron, which was another awesome company to work for. Uh, but it's kind of a similar situation. Uh, this past January uh, was laid off again. And so it's, it's been an interesting last, I guess you could say year, you know, I'd worked 18 years with, with never experiencing anything like this. And then a couple layoffs in the matter of nine, 10 months, I think it was. And so that leads me to today where I'm, you know, spending more time with my kids, which is fun, but certainly on the, on the hunt, you could say, for what that next opportunity is going to be and excited to see, see what that is, so. And that kind of yeah. kind of kind of leads us to where you and I started dialoguing about maybe jumping on your podcast. So yeah, excited Absolutely.
0: to be here. No, I'm excited to have you. And and I think you, there's a few things that you highlighted that I just want to call out. So one is it doesn't surprise me that you started out for a warehouse job and then ended up talking to an agency and then ended up getting into recruiting because just I think for for my observation of you just in the time that we've gotten a chance to know one another is you are a curious person and. your mind, I think there's a lot of things that interest you. And so because you're curious, you will, you know, you'll ask questions. I think you make it easy to have a conversation, even if it, you know, normally wouldn't necessarily be easy. You just, you ask questions about individuals, you're curious about them and you're making connections all the time. And so um, I think it would be, it would, it makes sense to me if I were, you know, just thinking about, you know, who you are just that they would say, Hey, have you ever thought about being into recruiting? Because, you do a really good job, I think, of of making it easy to have a conversation and making it easy to, you know, want to share information with you. And you can tell just from your demeanor, your dialogue, the way that you even posture yourself when you talk with people that you really do. You're you want to know about them and um, and you feel that when you're talking with. So that was that was one observation. So uh, that doesn't surprise me that you you are in and that you're good at recruiting. The other is, huh?
1: Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah,
0: that's that's the truth. So, (laughs) um, and then the other is just that I I think you mentioned it. You know, organizations. What I what I've seen is, you know, in good times, you know, they're hiring like crazy. They can't they can't have enough recruiters. In challenging times, like we've seen, as you mentioned, kind of this past year, with you know the interest rates going up and the risk of inflation and recession you, you know, I see kind of three areas that, that tend to get hit first. Um, and it's recruiting, it's, it's marketing, it's learning and development. And I think all three in some way are, are a bit short-sighted, right. It's, um, right. you know, it's there, there are opportunities, you know, especially when we think about, you know, it's kind of this buy low, sell high, but they, the really, um, when the market is down, that's when investor really spends a lot of time buying, right? That's when they should, sure. right? Because yep. when it goes back up, the value goes up quite a bit. And I think this this idea that you know the companies and in they're trying to you know meet their their numbers, whatever it may be, but the fact that they say, okay, well we don't we don't need marketing, recruiting, and learning and development is, is actually wrong, right? The the idea that we should be using those opportunities to get better. What can we, what experiences can we create? How can we streamline the process? What are um, ways that we can take, you know, our talented leaders and develop them and ensure that when it goes back up, because if we're, you know, these organizations, we all expect to go up. So what does that look like? You know, how do we turn the time around and maybe change our thinking and really invest more? And unfortunately, you know, I have seen just, specifically recruiting, a little bit marketing and a little bit learning and development this time around, just get hit hard. And so um any of you listening, I just want to make sure that you know when you when you talk, you should uh, get a chance to get Dave on the on the phone in a conversation with him because he he really is who you see right here. He is who we describe. So anyway, I just I wanted to share that because I just I I personally, you know, when you talk with me, I personally connect I personally understand. I appreciate your curiosity. So thanks for that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the, so after I say all these things about you, right. So then (laughs) I say, well, you know, a question I love and it's uh, sometimes it makes people uncomfortable, but, but it's talking about yourself. Sure. So when, if you think about kind of the things that um, you're good at, Mm -hmm. you know, how would you describe that? What are they? Can you share that with the listener and those looking online?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think one of the things that I quickly fell in love with in recruiting, again, never thought about doing this uh, when I grew up, but uh, one of the things that I really, uh, really enjoyed very quickly was the storytelling aspect of that. And some people might call it the, the value prop or the sales pitch or, but like for me, I do feel like I bring a, an elite of stakeholder experience and a candidate experience. And I think a big part of that is, you know, when you're talking with your hiring partner, really getting in and pressing the issue on the front end. Uh, Yeah, I think you can save yourself so much time by asking the right questions, setting the proper expectations, and truly finding out what about that hiring leader's team makes you know makes them special why would someone Mm. want to work for you and being able to really dig into that so you feel so confident so you as the recruiter actually become a a real believer in wow i get to go try and find the right person to be part of this awesome team you know because you can you can always easily google you know highlights or achievements that companies have had but to really know the ins and outs of specific teams and, and lines of business at a company goes a long way. And so being able to then take that story and share it with a candidate is really uh, an exciting part of the process for me. So that, yeah, that's what I would say, You know, I guess you could say strong areas for myself are the ability to create these unique experience for both my partners and for candidates. But I think it all comes down to um, being able to tell a great story, so.
0: Yeah. Normally I would have some kind of deep insight or something to follow up with, but you said that so well that I, I truly, like, I think everyone listening got it. So I'm just going to move on to the next question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sounds good. So, yeah.
0: So as you think about those, you know, conversations yeah. that you had in terms of you know, working with the different hiring managers, working with the different teams that you've, you've worked with. Can you think of like one of the ones that you felt like was just a really good partnership or, or, you know, maybe it's a team or business where you had a really good partnership. What, what was that? What did it look like?
1: Yeah. You know, and I'll, I'll actually slightly pivot from that and, and tell you about a story or I'll tell you about a situation I've uh, had a partnership with a colleague of mine when I worked at U S bank, her name was Katie. And we had a really, really one of the best working relationships I've ever had. And what it came down to was her ability to be extremely relatable, um, empathetic. And she was just really good at putting her feet into my shoes or, or really anyone she worked for, for that matter. And so we just had a, a great chemistry about our our, our partnership. And Part of it was probably just her ability to be good at what she did, but part of it too was prior to her being a business partner, she was a recruiter, and so mm-hmm. she did a really good job of just understanding okay, I, I know where Dave's coming from here, I know the challenges he's dealing with, and so I think that you know not everyone always gets the opportunity to have done another job with a partner they're working with, but I think just to be mindful of that was. Um, something that helped our partnership really flourish, I guess you could say, and it was kind of a teaching lesson for me to think about, um, just kind of have these inside conversations with with her about the struggles she had, and it, it I think it, it probably helped me a lot more in dealing with, you know, whether it's business partners or stakeholders or, or candidates uh, moving forward to just be more empathetic myself that you know these people are coming at coming at this conversation or this. Situation with a different lens than I than I have, and so it's an opportunity for us to to learn and and um, and help each other out. So that was a really not one specific situation, I guess you could say, but a, a partnership that lasted for a few years that really I think helped me in a number of areas.
0: Yeah, I know it's it's a really good point. I think an insight that I think applies across a lot of different areas. And so just this idea of, of the ability or the willingness to try and put yourself in another person's shoes. And, and it's easier, I think. I think this person you're talking about probably had the gift, right, of being able to do that really well, in addition to having done the job before. But being a recruiter, and then I'm, you know, sitting in a business HR today, and I, I used to be in recruiting. I, you know, it's easy to, I think, especially now, right? To cast blame. Everyone's, everyone has to be accountable, right? So we have to hold each other accountable. And, uh, you know, so if, if the person didn't get hired the right way, it's the recruiter's fault, you know? And what you realize having done it is like there, there's so many factors that go into a good recruiting process, right? And so just that that empathy, that willingness to put themselves in, in your shoes and to to think about, OK, what is their experience and how do we create the best out of that situation for this, for what we're trying to accomplish, I think is is an important one. And and it doesn't surprise me that that's a, a great relationship you had. I think it actually applies in, in a lot of different areas. Right. If we just kind of took a second and said, hmm, like, I wonder what they're going through and I wonder yeah. what, you know what challenge they have before I kind of step into and say, well, this, these are all the things that they're doing wrong. I was like, well, okay, maybe this is what's going on. And so just that curiosity, I think that you have right. Of asking to clarify, you know, not just assuming, but seeking to, to understand, I think it's an important gift as well. So um, makes a lot of sense. That's really cool. Well, well, what about maybe something just, where it wasn't that? Like, can you think of something yeah. that was maybe less than, <laughs> less than ideal in that in kind of what you had? Is there an experience like that or something you want to share?
1: Yeah, so I think versus pointing out a, a specific target, you know, just maybe talking a little bit more broadly, it's it's kind of like the opposite, right? Not to, not to seem overly simplistic, but, right. you know, I think sometimes, and this isn't me pointing the finger, I mean, myself as well, I think sometimes we just get a little bit, narrow-minded or short-sighted about situations and, uh, and that, obviously that creates a lot more opportunity for tension and, um, you know, just arguments and, and things to kind of flare up. Well, if we could, you know, I think if we can just be better about <clears throat> just taking a breath, you know, and yeah. just, and, and just humanizing our conversations more. Um, so yeah, the, I guess you could say that the difficult partnerships I've had have been people who. You know, maybe they feel like TA is a nuisance and they're just trying to rush through a call and they don't want, you know, I'm, I'm you know, they're treating me almost like I'm just a, a difficult part of their day or a waste of time part of their day. You know, and those are the, that's kind of why we get paid the money we get paid though as recruiters is to deal with those kinds of personalities. It's easy right. dealing with people that are bubbly and personable and you build rapport super quickly with them. Um, it's it's the, the stronger, more difficult personalities is is where we you know where we make make hay i guess you could say and and so with those types of individuals it's just going to be a little bit longer of a process of you know proving your worth and um going the extra mile a little bit uh being prompt um doing what you say you're gonna do which sounds just crazy when it comes to how cliche that sounds Mm -hmm. but um sometimes doing the cliche thing is is really what it is. And so I think just following through what you say you're going to do goes a long way and, and building rapport. So I kind of went off on a tangent there a little bit, but hopefully that answers your question to, yeah, to a certain no, degree.
0: No, it does. And I think you started with just kind of just society in general, right? Just this idea that, you know, not taking a moment to pause and, you know, and everyone's a keyboard warrior now and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, just doesn't give each other some grace. And you see it, like you say, you see in the news and, you know, people arguing and things like that. I think absolutely it, it, it extends into society today and it's an opportunity. And, and um, I was listening to, to actually, you said, you know, just take a breath. And um, I was listening to another podcast. I love podcasts and yeah. um, they were talking about the four, seven, eight method. And it's something I probably need to practice, but of of kind of like when you get in those tense moments, you know, like inhaling for four seconds and, you know, and then holding your breath for seven and then exhaling for eight. And then if you do that, like, I think they said a couple of times a day over a certain amount of time, the benefits of that to helping you to deal with those stressful situations, um, it increases significantly. And so, Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought that was the cool. I hadn't heard of that, um, the 478. But I think you also uh, remind the listener and those of us, you know, who have been in these situations like yourself, the the good recruiters, they don't let you know, you know, that you're you're the difficult one, right? You're like all of us think we're great, right? You know, like like, but no, right. actually, you you know, you're talking to, and you're like, it just takes more to do, you know, what you said you were going to do. But what you didn't say is you didn't let them know that they're they're the jerk, right? They're you're the one, you're the reason my job is difficult. You're not saying right. that, right? You're right. making them feel right. just as important as the great relationship that you did have, and I and I think that's an important nuance because sometimes. You know we we uh some if we get you know flack or something like that and we give it back that deteriorates faster and i think what you said was very important was to you know try a little harder think a little bit more around things that you said you were going to do and then going out and doing that Mm -hmm. um you didn't say you know shame them or make them feel bad or you know this that or another even though they are they are the one they're the one or two that like okay (laughs) I'm, yep. This is too bad that I got you today, but this is what we got. So um, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the way that you, your mentality around that. Um, and it, it creates, while it seems like a, it's a lot more effort to do so, it creates the same experience for each of the people that you're working with. So kudos to you. So that's really cool.
1: And no, yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, and, and those are the relationships that become super rewarding mm-hmm. when you get on the other side of it, right? you know, not to say those people become your best friends or something like that, but uh, you really feel like you've done something awesome or or made a a big impact when you can win people like that over, you know, because then I feel like they're going to really go to bat for you when, when circumstances. So bringing it back to sports or basketball, it's like kind of being in the trenches, right? Like you're in the trenches with someone, you go through some rough patches, you come out on the other end of it and you're significantly stronger and just more equipped for for future situations. So
0: a hundred percent, some of my, uh, my best friends to this day are people that in the heat of the battle on the basketball court, or, you know, where we were, you know, in each other's face and, you know, mm-hmm. this, that, or another. And then as soon as it's over, it's like, we, you went through something and you came out and you treat each other with respect, but it was like, you know, competition or whatever it may be. And then in the end, after that, you're like, we had this common thing together. That's this sport that we all love. And you have this common goal together of this position that you're trying to fill and yeah. you come out on the other side and they have respect for you for your ability to deal with it. They're probably going into it with some biases too, right? They had a negative experience likely and you're changing that. You're changing that perception. Mm-hmm. You're killing them with kindness and, and doing what you said you were going to do. And so, um. Yeah. And so, why wouldn't they come out of that? You know, speaking your praises, which is great. So, um, you did mention basketball, and I I didn't know if we were gonna go this direction or not. But but it I, you know feels appropriate. I I know in the corner of the screen there you've got the the Mamba the mentality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I uh, do. You want to just maybe share with the listener who's maybe not familiar sure. with it, kind of what it is and and uh, you know how you apply it either to sports or kids or however you think about it.
1: Yeah. So the of mentality was kind of coined, you could say, by, by Kobe Bryant, um, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And, and you know, certainly uh, it's not my goal to like idolize athletes or anything like that, but he was extremely successful in his profession. And going back to what you were saying earlier, Hakeem, he definitely was one of those athletes who had a very uh, curious approach to life. And so he was... You know, spoke multiple languages and was very well well read, and all just more than a than an athlete, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, he essentially he had this mantra where it's you know this constant quest, this this daily quest to become the best version of yourself. And so I, I wouldn't say it's like my life mantra, but I I do think it's a cool kind of approach to life. And I will also say that, and I've had conversations with my kids about this, and just other people, is that you're you're in the best spot mentally when you're focused on competing with yourself mm-hmm. versus trying to compete with another person or um, live up to the Joneses. You know, if, if you're focused on yourself and just becoming a better version of yourself, and you know, hey, this is something that you know I fail at, and you know, it's kind of like three steps forward, two steps backwards some days, or or even two steps forward, three steps backwards. But yeah. just to have that mentality of you know, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to get caught up in, in what my neighbors are doing or what a friend's doing. It's let's look at my personal life and my goals and how can I continue to move forward and, and, and be the best dad, be the best husband, etc., the best employee. So that's kind of what I glean from it, I guess you could say. And, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, heck of a basketball player too. Right.
0: So. Andy, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I think you just summarize it extremely well and just how you apply it, how you think about it. So um well said thanks for sharing that i mean because yeah. i don't know that everyone does who may may or may not be familiar with kobe and the, the mamba mentality and even if they are kind of heard it you know this is the way that you described it and how it's applied this uh you know so often it feels like we are competing against you know others you know whether it's be can i get who's getting the most likes or you know who's viewing you know my videos the most, this, that, or another, mm-hmm. or at work, you know, am I getting promoted as fast as another person or, you know, like you said, keeping up with the Joneses, this idea of this, you know, trying to constantly compete with your neighbor or those around you in same social class, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, trying to have what they have or do what they do. And when you remove that and focus on yourself, I think it allows you to, um, I think remove the noise. And judge yourself against yourself, which is, you know, that's where we all want to be, right? Just continuing yeah. to improve. So yeah, we're very I think, well. Said. And I
1: think, yeah, I think I mean I think some of external competition is healthy, right? Like if you're gonna play a sport, like play mm-hmm. it to win, right? So like you wanna beat the team you're playing against. If you're a recruiter and you have an awesome candidate, winning is getting that candidate to come to your company versus another. So I think you know, some of that external competition is is great but I just don't think it's the best form of competition and that's where I think, you know, competing with you're kind of like competing against your potential self. Like yep. that I think is the best place to be. So. Yeah,
0: yeah I like it. I like it. Um uh, okay, so it's hard to believe that the time has truly flown and uh so if you can maybe take a moment and think about what do you want to leave what do you want to leave the listener with? What do you want to leave the, the person watching with in, you know, just from, you know, just for about you or just from today, or what do you
1: want to leave them with? Yeah. And I think I touched on it a little bit earlier with, with one of the questions you asked Akim. but, you know, I think we're just, we're in a really unique time right now. Right. I mean, I know there was the recession, 13, 14 years ago. Uh, I think we're kind of in a recession right now. I don't know if yeah. officially it's being called that yet, but um, so I, I would think just, being more mindful of what's going on right now in the world, uh, being a little bit more empathetic, and and just uh, you know, tough times I think create uh, you know just stronger bonds and, and 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 you know not to think like too too big here, but you know even from like a country's perspective, right? We've had a lot of a lot of situations happen over the past three, four, five years, and these these difficult times I think can bring. A lot more people closer so i think there's just a lot of opportunity for us to come out of it stronger i have no doubt that companies are going to need talent and recruiters to to help them grow so this is just cyclical i guess you could say um but let's take advantage of this time right now to, to just kind of be on each other's side i guess you could say so that's my that's, thoughts no. around that yeah
0: no it's very well said um that's why you want Dave on your team, just straight up. You know, so <laughs> if you're watching this or listening to this, he's who you want on your team. Uh share, share this. Share the this episode with with your friends, with hiring managers, with HR managers. Let them know about him. Um, you can clearly see that he makes teams better. Dave, it's been a, a pleasure to get the chance to speak with you today. Thanks for coming on
1: the podcast. Hey, thanks for asking me. It was a blast. All right, man. We'll see you. All right, Hakeem. Take care.
0: Thanks for taking the time to listen to the You're Worth It podcast. Our goal here is to help everyone achieve their career dreams. Take a minute to like our content, review our books, and never forget You're Worth It. For more You're Worth It podcasts, career insights, merchandise, and exclusive content, check out CoachHakeem.com.